0: Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. All right, it's another football edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, and I'm joined here with the kid from Kansas City himself, Mark Gunnels. Mark, you beat me in the pick'em like crazy this week. I was bragging crazily, but you know what? Somehow, I still think you feel like you took a loss.
1: Um, no, I take solace in this—the fact that you were talking crazy last weekend. just karma is crazy how it works, man. Uh, you go four, nine, and one. I go 10-3 in one. I mean, <laughs> I told you, man, just slow down. Yeah, one good week. You've been struggling all year. You got a little, you know, you pumped your chest out a little bit. And, you know, the football gods brought you
0: back to reality, man. So are you ready to talk about it? I'm not sure what you're talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. In, inform me, please. You all have been embarrassing yourselves since Sunday. You and the kingdom across the board. From the head coach on down. Are you ready to talk about it yet? I thought we were going to do our vibe check first. I, this is the first vibe check right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we could, we can. All right. You want to go ahead and do the vibe checks? We can do the vibe checks. I mean, Let's they, go. May, they, your may be, they may be included potentially. Who knows? Oh, 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 there's no doubt. Where are your good vibes? Go ahead. Start with the good ones. Go <laughs> ahead. Get, out, get, get the good news out first. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Let's talk about some good stuff, man. You're trying to get
1: all dark all Oh, serious and stuff, man. Come on, man. But, uh nah, the good vibes for this week. Some pretty good candidates, actually. I kind of struggle with this one, but I'm going to go to the Northeast Ohio. Or, no, this is not Northeast, actually. That's Cleveland. I'm sorry. This is Cincinnati, Kentucky. It's <laughs> Southeast Ohio. <laughs> yeah, Southeast Ohio. The Cincinnati Bengals, man. I didn't think we'll be here, you know. You told me that... To, to, Put the, pump the brakes a little bit on Jake Brown in that third Jaguars game. I was like, okay, yeah, that's fair. You know, just one game. I ain't, I ain't going to put too much stock into it. But my main argument was he still has them weapons, man. How many times have you we seen weapons make a quarterback look better than what he really is? And I think now that they don't have Joe Burrow there, I feel like it's forced Zach Taylor to kind of dumb down The playbook, which he probably should have done even with Joe Burrow. It's this weird thing, right? When you have a great quarterback, you try to get more, I guess, risky, you could say, or exotic and do different things and try to see what you can get away with. But when you have a lesser tier quarterback, you keep it very, very simple, like roll out bootlegs, you know, actually playing under center and handing the ball off, something that you would admire, right? So I've done things that could have benefited Joe Burrow. Maybe he wouldn't be hurt right now. But now they're doing it with Jake Browning. And look, they're still in the playoff mix, man. Back-to-back, Weeks was scoring 30-plus points. I mean, how can I not say they're good vibes in Cincinnati right now?
0: Zach Taylor's been in his bag. And that's a guy who needed to beat the allegations, too, because <laughs> there's a lot of this is all Joe and Jamar. Zach Taylor has really been in his play calling bag in terms of – just just off – you could tell in the first 15 scripted plays – that Jake Browning, he's setting up easy completions and he's not overthinking it. And I think you're absolutely right. Probably could have dumbed it down a little bit. And uh, running the ball is a quarterback's best friend. You know, if you can get positive yards without the quarterback having to do anything, like, boom, that's a win. Um, my good vibes, you know, my good vibes, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys, who uh, just molly whopped the Eagles should have beat the Eagles at home. It might cost them the, the one seed, but with the way the Eagles have been looking the last few days, last few games, I should say, I think the Eagles might lose again. And this thing is right back in Dallas uh, because the Cowboys up there with the 49ers are some of the biggest bullies in the NFL. When they get up, they do not look back. And if it hadn't have been for Dak's first mistake in like, I don't know since Halloween, <laughs> uh, when he got strip sacked by Jalen Carter, then uh, they wouldn't even, the Eagles would not even have the 13 points that they did have losing by 20 to a division opponent that you're may see again in the playoffs, not a good look, but beating a division opponent that you may see in the playoffs by 20, a good look. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, give Mike McCarthy his flowers because there was a lot of talk this offseason about how Mike McCarthy, he's lost and he doesn't know what to do. How dare he say he's going to run the ball more? And you know what happened? That's right now. I think that's one of the, if not the most efficient offense in the NFC, right up there. They could score big plays. They could score on 10 play drives. And it's just Dak is playing at a new, at another level. One we have not seen out of him, honestly, in his eight year career.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, let's go to the bad, though. And I hate to go here, man. This is a good story. You know, people are getting on the bandwagon. And these last three weeks, man, Detroit Lions, one of the cities you used to live in, they've lost two of the last three games. And the game they did win in this stretch, they almost blew a 21 nothing point lead to your New Orleans Saints. It felt like a loss.
0: So, I mean. That should have been two losses if they had lost it.
1: right so i mean they're only saving grace right now is i don't see nobody in the nfc north that can challenge them for that division so they're probably going to win it by default i mean the minnesota vikings for crying out loud beat the raiders three to nothing in las vegas i mean i guess that's a win and then the packers lost to the freaking giants eddie's uh, giants last night so they'll win that division by default but it's a bigger picture thing for me at one point, people were thinking maybe they could actually compete in this NFC. You know, are we forgetting the Lions? We're talking about the Cowboys, the Eagles, the 49ers. What about the Lions? They're six and two, they're eight and two. Are we just forgetting about them? Well, I think we're starting to see why people have forgotten about them. This team defensively has a lot of struggles right now is very leaky and Jared Goff is just very very inconsistent man you never know what you're going to get from him and I do not trust him you know they'll, they'll have at least one home playoff game but if they win that I don't trust them going to let's say like a Philadelphia if you got some elements there so all in all it, it's it's a good season for them considering expectations they'll probably end up winning what 10, 11 games and make the playoffs, maybe win a game because the NFC is so bad. So if they're a four seed, or they'll probably be the, they'll be the three seed because this four seed is going to be the NFC South winner. So if you're a three seed, you're probably going to play somebody like maybe the Packers, Rams. I mean, you could lose that game. You still could lose that game. But you, you'll be favorite. Maybe you win a game. But uh, all in all, this is not the team that people maybe thought was going to that extra next level as far as being a legit contender
0: in the NFC. For my bad vibes, I'll stay in the North. And this is bad vibes in a win. The Vikings right now, look, just a few short weeks ago, there were people shaving their eyebrows in solidarity of Josh Dobbs. Now you got benched mid game and let's say it and and beating the Raiders by three points on a field goal with two minutes remaining. I mean, Sure, chalk it up as a win in the win column. But you know what? Josh Dobbs putting Justin Jefferson back in the hospital, that's going to be a loss every single time. This season is, I mean, over pretty much. And uh, yeah, with Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, Justin Jefferson back out again, maybe he comes back, maybe probably not. I don't think at this point. Uh, and that's just one, honestly one of the ugliest football games I've ever laid eyes on. I watched every snap of Florida international versus Louisiana tech in week zero. And it was much more entertaining than the Vikings and the Raiders game.
1: You know, it's bad when you watch the game that's better in week zero.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Week zero.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Ugly vibes. I'm not going where you expected me to go. I'm sure you may go there, but we're going to touch it. I'm sure here pretty soon. So I'm going to be a little different on this one. And I think it's fair. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, I know we forgot that game happened Thursday. There was a game on Thursday, you know. We, looked, nope, we kind of I didn't at.
0: forget. i uh, Tomlin back-to-back losses against teams with a combined four wins on the schedule. Not great.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You go from being seven and four. You looked at the schedule. You're like, oh, Arizona Patriots at home. That's nine and four. That's nine and four, and we're cruising to the playoffs. Now, now. You're looking like, are we going to make the playoffs? Because right now you're the sixth seed. You're seven and six, but you got the Colts right there. The Texans are still right there. Here come the Broncos and the Bengals, all seven and six, man. The Bills, I mean, it's, it's a log jam there. You had a chance to separate yourselves and not have to worry about being in that pack. But here you are now, and you're going to Indianapolis this week. You know, I know they just lost to Cincinnati, but before that, they've been playing pretty good ball, man. And that's not gonna be, that's going to be a tough, that's not going to be an easy place to play. Then you got Cincinnati after that, then Seattle, and then Baltimore. I mean, these last four games, I can make an argument you could lose out. It's not without a real possibility the Pittsburgh Steelers lose out, especially considering they're always going to, you're never going to get blown out by Pittsburgh. You're always going to have a chance to win. You may blow them out, but you're not going to get blown out. So I think Tomlin's winning record is in jeopardy. I I think that streak is in in serious jeopardy this year.
0: According to Dave Damashek and some of the other Yenzers, he'll retweet onto his timeline. Apparently Tomlin's head coaching uh, uh, position is in jeopardy, to which I say, fire him. I dare you. Or you know what? Even better, trade him to the New Orleans Saints. What could hey, go you know my rule on this, and you probably will agree or have something
1: similar because you're kind of good at these things. When I hear people fire talking about firing a head coach, I always think, "How long will it take for him to get hired?"
0: About a snap of a finger. If Mike, Mike Tomlin
1: hit the market, how long do you think it takes?
0: I, 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 not even a day. Like <laughs> it's the same speed in which Kellen Moore was snapped up by the Chargers for the their Offensive Coordinator. Like that level of like. We hear it at nine a.m. Eastern by five p.m. Yeah. Eastern. He's got a new, yeah. he's got a new color scheme put together. Yeah. You know, black and gold is right real close to black and yellow. You know, you come on down, or... Mikey T. Come on down, uh, come on down, baby. We can <laughs> we can stand for some some over five hundred seasons if they don't if they don't <laughs> love you, we will. That's how. I feel. Oh man, where's your ugly vibes this week? My ugly vibes. It's really you could go a few different ways. I'm sick of talking about this guy in this way. So I'm not going to do the Los Angeles chargers. (laughs) I'm going to go to Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. You had Trevor Lawrence, get hurt, walk off. And everybody's where's the card. I don't have a problem with him. If he can walk, he can walk, you know, his leg fall off. No. Then he goes up there and plays and loses. And is really honestly outplayed by Joe Flacco. And that is a, that's not a good recipe for success. We are the former number one overall pick who some people, including the one on this podcast across from me, had as a potential MVP candidate and so on. And I wonder if Travis, the to the end hadn't had the October that he did where this Jaguars team would be uh, right now. And Trevor Lawrence has not been a, top of the line I'd say so far and then losing that game to the Jaguars and he did not I mean did not play well I think two three interceptions was missing guys long which he has a tendency to do he generally misses guys long when he does miss and I know you can point at like maybe the two-point conversion attempt whatever but in reality you're playing a team starting their fourth quarterback this year lost their starting running back and hell the defense gave up 31 it's not great
1: it's not great and then you got baltimore coming into town this week (laughs) you know just the number one seed in the afc you could be looking at three straight losses if you're jacksonville they're very fortunate the fact that the colts and texans both lost though (laughs) i mean they are that you're looking at that division totally different right now those both those
0: teams won on sunday and not only that, the Texans got, uh, I mean, both of those teams have a boatload of injuries. Yeah. Colts and the Texans. Colts have sustained most of those earlier in the year, but I mean, they're still backups, guys. Like, you know, Gardner Mitchell's still a backup. Zach Moss, still a backup. Yeah. CJ Stroud, a concussion protocol. We've only seen one guy, I think, clear concussion protocol in a week, and that's Derek Carr. So he can come out and throw for 120 yards. Awesome. So since we're here right now, just real quick, do you who you got winning that division as of right now? Houston. you think houston still wins it i think that yeah i think so especially but i mean it's like the nfc south it's like the spider-man meme just three teams pointing at each other like who wants it who wants it nobody okay <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how i feel about it that's fair that's fair all right so we're we gonna get to the
1: elephant in, elephant in the room here are we getting I,
0: I, I was waiting for you to bring it up. I know this, this is you. You've had no issue bringing it up to me through text message for the last seventy-two hours. So I was just waiting for you to bring it up. I was going to let you go ahead. and oh, it's only and, been uh, everything been that goes down here.
1: It's only been forty-eight hours. Calm down. It's only been forty-eight.
0: It feels like seventy-two. <laughs> it feels like a week since Kedare. That's about as far Kaderi as Tony was offsides. About a week offsides. <laughs>
1: All right. So obviously, we're talking about the controversial ending in the Chiefs Bills game.
0: It's not controversial.
1: It it definitely is because it's still being talked about on all your major networks, including ours. Because
0: y'all won't shut up. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead.
1: But okay, so here's, I'm going to give everybody the timeline so they can kind of know the background of our dialogue behind the scenes here. I started off really angry. Like, why you can't call that in that situation. You can't. It has no effect on the play. None at all. Then I came around. I'm like, okay, he was clearly off sides. He's an idiot that, that I got to that point where I'm like, okay, I have no more bail, but I got more information, Martin. And the more information I got, it made me change my mind again to give Kadarius Tony some more bail. I'm back. I'm giving him bail. And this is why listen to these numbers, people. Andy Reid, he's coached over 25,000 offensive plays in his career. 25,000. It's a big number. Let that sink in. That's only been called once in his career. One time. So if, unless you're telling me Condarius Tony, out of 25,000 plays is the only person to line up that way, then you got me. But I find that very hard to believe. I find that very hard to believe. And not to mention, this is the first time this has been called against the Chiefs as an organization since 1995. I was four years old. This does not get called. This is one of those things where it's a very subjective thing. This is not pass interference. This is not roughing the passer. This has nothing to do with the play. And not to mention, he did it four other times throughout this game and it didn't get called once. So unless you're telling me they're just, these reps are just that bad where they didn't notice it at all. And then, oh, we see it now with one minute left from the fourth quarter. That's my thing. It was clearly offsides. I'm not arguing that. That's besides the point. But so why it's, not, didn't you so call, it's
0: not subjective. It's objective. But why, objective didn't you call it, but why didn't
1: you call it throughout the game then? That's my point. Call it the whole entire game. Don't call it the last minute. But that's my point. If you're going to call it, why didn't you call it throughout the whole entire game? Why are you calling it now? You just noticed it in the fourth quarter? To me, that's that means you're inept as a referee group. I, I don't I don't know. Go
0: ahead, man. I got this for you. It's a napkin for you to finish wiping your tears. Are you, are you needed? You ready? You done?
1: So you're not going to acknowledge the fact that this is a very, very rare call. I gave you all those numbers. This is the first time it's been called in Andy Reid's career.
0: <laughs> Mark, he was a he was, his helmet was even with the ball, his foot is closer to Von Miller's foot than it is of his offensive lineman, where of which it were, where it was supposed to be. There's video of him telling the ref I'm on the line and then not looking any further to see move forward, move back, move anything. No, it's not even controversial. He was all the way off sides. And I disagree with their initial premise that it had nothing to do with the play. I am of the belief. And our friend Riley, who we both know through work was actually at the game. And he said that the people around him shared this belief of which I had not really heard pushed out too much. But I am of the belief that just like Aaron Rodgers made a, a career of, Travis Kelsey saw that flag at the snap of the play, assumed it was defensive offsides, and that gave him the gall to throw the ball back across the field in a game, such a scenario in which they only needed three points to extend it, right to go to overtime, to put the ball at risk like that. I think he thought he had a free play because the flag was thrown. So I disagree oh. to say it didn't have any impact on the play because I don't think you're throwing the ball. Look, I get it. He'll do that in the second quarter, third quarter. Yeah, but in a game like that, right there, 145 left in the clock or however long, under two minutes, and you're down three, and you have a kicker like Harrison Butker, I'm having trouble just the idea conceptually that Travis Kelsey is throwing that ball if that flag is not thrown. Okay, or, what?
1: even if that is the case, he still got the ball to like the 20-yard line. So if he gets tackled right there, you're still first and ten at the 20 with like a minute left. So I don't have a
0: problem with least, the, okay. So but that negates the whole touchdown that happened on the same know, play.
1: But still, I'm saying the play still would have been a successful play for the Chiefs, regardless of the of that, if he did that or not. And you're you're already in the field goal range and you still got a chance to get a touchdown with about a minute and change left.
0: So, I mean, and let's be clear you still had a touch you still had a chance to get a touchdown in this one because it just got deemed a penalty like I mean you you, yeah, you, had, sure, you remained sure. the ball you, it's like sure. you didn't turn the ball over you still had an opportunity to get it done and you couldn't but what the chiefs have done since this moment in which he was clearly off sides is say, oh my goodness how could you possibly throw a flag when there's a penalty which is like a ridiculous argument to make. Now, if you want to be up in arms that the ref didn't throw the flag when Marquez valdez Scantling was clearly interfered with, let's go. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hold, But, like, I have real trouble being upset with an official for making a call when it is a clear penalty. Like, I don't, and especially, I'm not even, I not even want to go with like the, the, the close calls that the Chiefs have been benefits of over the time period because it has no material witness to this. But the way that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes acted post game immediately and, and, and Patrick Mahomes immediately after that, they should be embarrassed. That was embarrassing to have to be separated from the ref to go out there and say the NFL is an embarrassment, the, the league just doesn't need this. You know why the league is talking about it? Because Kadarius Toney was a foot and a half off sides. Like, well, that's I, why the league is talking about it. If Kadarius well, Toney had even checked with the ref, took a step back, and they still throw the flag, I can see your argument. That's what happened to Terry McLaurin last year. He checked with the ref. Ref said, you're good, Move back a little bit. So he moved back a little bit, didn't move back enough according to the ref. So, boom, flag was thrown, offensive offsides. Well, this is like, one of those that things, makes a though. lot more sense to me. That's a, that's is, an argument that, that has merit, but this is not even controversial. He was all the way off sides and the argument saying, Oh, well, he lined up there like five times initially. Well, if I was a Buffalo fan, then I'd be pissed off. Cause how'd you let him get away with it? Four, five more times. And they call it on the sixth one. He should have called it a long time ago. And we wouldn't even be in the spot.
1: Well, here's the thing. Andy Reid even mentioned this on these type of things the refs and the players and the coaches have a relationship. And he even said after the game, normally they give you, they warn you, they tell you like, Hey, get your guy and move back a little bit. You're like, that's that's the common courtesy thing that happens in this situation. It happens all the time. I mean, people play football growing up. That's a thing where their officials will like, Hey, you need to step back a half a step. Like it's one
0: of those things. Right, He wasn't even looking long enough to get any direction from the official. And it's like exactly like I told you on Sunday when you texted me. I said, I think he looked over at the ref and didn't look long enough to see the ref say anything at all. And then, boom, was sides and got flagged for it.
1: The one thing I will say, though, the one thing I will say, the other times that I saw throughout the game, he was on the outside. This time he was in the slot, which means you're even closer to the football. So that is one thing I will say that, that can go to your argument that I, I can't push back on because you're close to the ball and the, you're not all the way on the side, on the opposite side, you're closer to the football than anybody else. So and I do, I do understand. To that. Add to I that, that, just understand real quick.
0: That. When you see these guys checking with the ref, it's the receiver on the outside. It's the one closest to the line judge or side judge, whoever's like right there. It's that one.
1: Yeah. It's just really, really, I just hate these type of calls, though. I know it's the right call, but I, I get. I heard what you said, but to me, that had no impact on the play at all. No, like it's if the whole reason. not If they did, they the ball, if they did Mark, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If they didn't call it, would you be upset today?
0: If you were, if if I was a Buffalo Bills fan. I saw it live. I'm like, this dude is far up on the line. Like, i have watching it live. I kid you not. I was like, he is far up on the line. He looks like he's offside. Like, watching it. I, I saw it too, Angle line. I just hope I was, it didn't fall. Watching it live, I'm like, he, <laughs> wow, he's far. <laughs> I saw it too, bro. So, it's like, if we all saw it, mm-hmm. and he was, he was so far in front of the ball, the ref said they couldn't even see the ball. He's like, what more do you need? for this to be a flag to where everybody can stop complaining. And the idea is, oh, well, they didn't call it all game. If you're late to work on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and on Friday is the first day that somebody says, hey, you're late to work. Stop being late to work. You're going to be docked like this. A solid argument is not, I've been late every day this week. Why does it matter now? That, that's not a good argument. That's not, that's in fact, it's a terrible one. <laughs>
1: To the Mahomes part of this, I don't think Mahomes was necessarily mad about that. I think it was a a built-up frustration over the weeks of receivers continuing to cost him big moments, the drop against the Eagles, the no-call the the week before against the Packers involving MVS. And then he's like, in his mind, oh my God, we just had one of the greatest plays in NFL history. And he's like, There's no way he got taken back because of offsides on my wide receiver. I think he reached his breaking point. That's why I really think that was. Because Mahomes is always like the politically correct guy. He always says the right thing and great role model. I think he just snapped.
0: Well, how about you snap at the person responsible? The ref is not responsible. The guy was offsides. Josh but, Allen was but, not responsible.
1: Well, that's never. He even said it in his seven-year career. He's ha- he's never heard that called. So he's probably thinking, "There's just no way that was that that really happened." Because it doesn't happen. It's not like it was a a holding penalty. you will be like, "Okay, I can see that." Because we're the most penalized team in the NFL when it comes to the offensive
0: holding. But uh, offsides—that doesn't happen. Because generally, believe it or not. Most NFL football players have the ability to look at the ball and say, you know what I need to do? Line up behind it. That's why it doesn't happen. It's not because it's just like this this nebulous penalty that never existed prior to. It's like the start of football. There was offsides because of the line of scrimmage. I will say this though, Martin created at the University saw, of Michigan. They the, they find the line of scrimmage, and the defense can't cross it, and the offense also cannot cross it prior to the snap of the ball. I'll tell you
1: this, though, Martin. I saw a lot. Chiefs Kingdom's really good at this, man. I saw a lot of clips over the games this, this weekend, even yesterday. Guys lining up like that wasn't called.
0: Wasn't called. Which is not, it's, again, again, that is not the argument that you think it is. It truly is not. It's not. <laughs> like,
1: I can't ask I can't ask my rest to be consistent.
0: You could show you could show uh, uh uh if you want to do play the screenshot game, which by the way, you if you're sending the screenshots out, that's how you know you're down bad. That's first and foremost. You send the screenshots out, you are down bad. He brother, told me this okay? the other day
1: at work a couple of days ago, by the way, guys.
0: It's, am I wrong? Am I lying? What do you expect them to do? Be like, "Oh shoot, we just saw Mark's tweet. Run it back. Put one forty-five back on the clock. Fill Arrowhead back up." No, it's over. And it was a. (laughs) It's just we get so upset with the officials for missing calls, of which there are several. And I'm not sitting here saying that the NFL refs are the cream of the crop because I say you're a Saints fan. There's no way you could say that. But you know why. You know why? Because Bill Benavich didn't throw the flag when it was a clear penalty. He didn't throw the flag. And that's why the Rams went to the Super Bowl, because he didn't throw the flag. He didn't do his job. In this instance, Carl Shepard did do his job. And everybody's mad at him for it. it. It is playing the result. It's so backwards to me that it's not even controversial. He was across the ball from Pee Wee football, you know, the lineup behind the ball. And if you check with the referee, he'll generally tell you. But you know what? Maybe, hey, check with the referee, but maybe just line up appropriately in the slot.
1: How far back behind the ball is he going to line up this Sunday? I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> oh, look,
0: probably far enough to get illegal formation. Bro, he's going to be <laughs> so
1: far back when he gets flagged for being too.
0: <laughs> probably going to get illegal formation this week. i would be honest. No. He's lucky he got a job. That's something that, like, to me, that's cuttable. It really in, is.
1: His contract is so cheap. It's just like you, you gotta, you gotta ride it out with him. You gotta but ride it's it
0: indicative out. to me of a bigger thing about Kansas City this year. There has been an aggressive lack of attention to detail offensively. You see the drops, you see guys running funny routes, like that Sky Moore interception. I refuse to believe that that was the route that he was supposed to run. <laughs> I, I I refuse to believe that that was what he was supposed to be doing. Like, uh, Andy Reid has called, what, 25,000 offensive plays, according to you, and only one of them was offensive. Well, none of them had that little freaking flat route to Sky Moore. I refuse to believe that. Like, and it was a bad ball. You see see guys dropping the ball, chiefs lead the league in drops, and the offensive efficiency has not been there. They don't. They ran the ball one time this year. That's it. One good time. One good game. And that's about it. There's like, I don't know what you want to point to. You know, you want to point to the fact that Eric Bienemi and Eric Bienemi is not out here MFing everybody in practice. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Juju Smith Schuster left, or maybe it's just, you know, Tyreek Hill being an all time great wide receiver is something you can't withstand year after year after year of not having.
1: I I think this is gonna be the the turning point for this team. I mean either either way. I, I think this same mistakes have been happening every week, but the fact that you had such a fallout after this game with the Mahomes, Andy Reid, the the outcry on social media. I think this is one of the things that could
0: the bring cry babies on social I think,
1: media. I think this is one of the things that could bring this team together, man. I really do. And luckily you play the Patriots this week. So this is a great opportunity for a get right game. So I, I and their last four games are all against backup quarterbacks. You play the Patriots, you play the Raiders with O'Connell, you play the the Bengals now. Jake Brown is looking good, and then you play the Chargers. We just announced earlier Herbert's out for the year, so you could very well win out, man, and get some
0: momentum heading to the playoffs. You could. You also could not, like nine and a half for the Kansas City to be favored by nine and a half against any team. It's crazy right now, but also especially against the Patriots, who I know they're not great offensively, but just scored like twenty four points on the page on the uh, Steelers, who have pretty good defense. And prior to those three games, they were zero three in these in the three games prior to that Patriot uh, Patriots Steelers game, but had only given up about thirty points total in the <laughs> three games. Kansas City's offense. This is not exactly a get right spot.
1: I think you'll be wrong, man. I do. Uh, but any other games you want to talk about this week?
0: I was reading an article in the uh, in the Apple News. I forget what actual newspaper, maybe the Wall Street Journal that came through my Apple News. And it was talking about how uh, divorced couples, right, couples who split over 2020 and such in the last three or four years. A lot of them still live in the same house and are having to maneuver that aspect of of, of being divorced and not wanting to be together, but having to share the same place because they can't afford to buy a new home. Right. Or, or if, you know, one party leaves the other party can't afford the mortgage by themselves because of where interest rates are. I'm convinced that's the only reason Brandon Staley still has a job. (laughs) The interest rates right now are too high. Inflation is too high. For for the Chargers to fire him as a head coach and then hire in a new head coach, now I'm convinced that's the only reason. You, you don't this think he's gone falling off a caliph. You don't think he's gone? You don't think he's gone after the year? Why not now? They have fallen off a cliff. It's over. It's been over, and you just lost to the like I was in that little uh in your little Twitter spaces after that uh. Which game was that? Was it the Patriots? I don't remember what game it was, but I was saying that somebody asked me who I had in the AFC playoffs. And I said the Broncos and people laughed at me. And part of the reason why, because I had them going 2-0 against the Chargers because they're a better football team than the Chargers are right now. And it was put on paper and put on tape. And now Justin Herbert's done for the year.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It really is. Uh, Unfortunately for me as a Chiefs fan, they're going to have a pretty good pick. But they might, not, they might not win another game. They might not win a game, man. And there's no reason why they shouldn't go get one of these receivers that is coming out this year and, and not a Quentin Johnston type of receiver. I'm talking about should have got like a Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, a guy that actually has some speed and some some pop. Uh, but, yeah, it's they're, they're bad, man. They really are. How about that Ravens, uh, another L.A. team, the Rams and Ravens? That was a fun one. What were your takeaways on that game?
0: Rams showed me something. They really did. They really did. I like Stafford when he is on his game. is still to, he's one of the best arm talents in the league. Some of the way he's able to get—I mean, you want to talk about doing it with guys you've never heard of, like outside of Puka Nakua. I could. I, this is a run of undrafted rookie guys, and I thought those going to be one of the worst teams in the NFC. Now I think they're a trendy. Like, don't let don't let them mess around. And get a five seed. Because they're gonna beat whoever comes out of the south. You could easily see. I could easily see this team in the second round of the playoffs.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I can see that too. How about Kyron Williams too, man? He's running the ball really good. Like he, he, his his vision, this cutbacks he does, he's tough to bring down. They they got some gems there, man. They they found some diamond in the roughs for their rookie class. I'm very very impressed. Obviously, we know Puka, but Kyron Williams is really good as well Uh, on the Ravens side. Defense got a little exposed there, man. I mean, I know Sean McVay is a great play caller and all of that thing, all of that stuff, but I, th- I think you saw some stuff that, you know, other teams could potentially replicate and they got a tough schedule coming up as well. I mean, I know you talk about the Jags is, you are know, on your batter or ugly vibes, but that's not going to be an easy game. Going to Jacksonville, they lost two in a row. I think they're going to be very, very desperate back at home, Sunday night football. I think that would be a pretty good game. Then they got to play the Niners after that, you got the Dolphins in the season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's always like a thirteen to ten type of game. So we'll see how it finishes out. I think they one seat is still in play for the Chiefs.
0: I'll tell you that though. I don't know. They they. I I tell you what, Patrick Mahomes and them do another moment like this. They're officially going to go on my unlikable list. I mean, you just that's a that was. I can't get over it. I really can't. I can't, like, I, I'm waiting for the fines to come down. Like, I really, truly cannot wait to see what happens because they, he was out of control on the sidelines. And the benefit that he has is that he's never done it before. But, like, how often did you get to do that? And it's like, it's one thing if you're berating Tony. That's something entirely different. But you're going after the you had to step right up from the refs. And just imagine how that sounded with his voice. Come on, refs. I mean, come on. Like, what, what like imagine being yelled at by Patrick Mahomes with that freaking Kermit the Frog? <laughs> you want to go ahead and get the week 15, man? Embarrassing for football. It's embarrassing for the Chiefs. I mean, golly, act like you've been there before. It's just a it's just a regular season game that you've lost. Is this but i the last thing I'll say and stuff like this is why I told you that offsides from D Ford should haunt you because that was the Super Bowl that you got when you were sneaking up on everybody. Now, everybody knows about it. Everybody's hip, everybody knows what's going on, and the thing seems like it's, like you said, it could be the turning point either way. It feels like things are starting to crack. Maybe they'll find some uh, some silly, some putty and put that wall back together but it seems like things are starting to crack and you could have snuck in and got that one and you feel much better about how this dynasty is going at the moment. Let's go to week 15, man. And you said backup quarterbacks. I don't know. Mac Jones might be uh, the, I think Bailey's Zappi's better than Mac Jones. All right, you I think don't know. So? <laughs> Mac Jones might be, you might've, you might've wanted to see Mac Jones after that. All right. Now we go to right. week 15. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace, all of this can be yours when you bet with Caesar Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get the stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and the first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See seizures.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts call 1-800- Three two seven five zero five zero, or visit gambling helpline ma.org, Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia. West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? All right, Martin, we're in the last quarter of the season. Four weeks left. I can't believe it, man. We're already in December. Christmas is about 12, 13 days away. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. It's the final stretch, man, so let's get into it. Start off with this game. It's an intriguing matchup. Two teams fighting for their playoff lives. Got the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Right now the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is at 42 even. Where, where you lean on this one?
0: I think the Colts minded ran out of gas. You know, look, Steelers have not had two worse losses than that in a row in quite some time. Arizona game was a little funny, though, with all the weather delays. Like, Remember, that game was delayed two different times. That's yeah. odd. And then... Even at the height of Mike Tomlin's powers, there's one thing that he always struggled with, and that is beating Bill Belichick. First-year coach, Shane Steichen, I don't know. I think the bloom came off the rose a little bit last week in Cincinnati. Uh, it all lines up for the Colts to walk right into the playoffs if they're able to string some wins out. But I'm going to go ahead and take this deal with plus two and a half here. Maybe it's just a legacy play in my head. Uh Mitchell Trubisky leaves nothing to be desired. I think it's going to be a disgusting, low-scoring game. But I also I think that favors the Steelers. I think I think forty-two is an incredibly high number for this. Yeah, game. I was shocked. I was shocked to
1: see that. Very shocked to see that. I love the under there. Um, I'm actually on the opposite side here. Give me the Colts the, uh, under three at home. I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. But I like your boy Shane Steichen. You sold me on him as well. I've been watching the Colts a little closer. Every time look, every weeks? time
0: the Colts have the ball, at least two or three possessions, they do something that I feel like I've never seen before.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I really like them in this spot. I really do. I don't like the vibes in Pittsburgh as I had as my ugly vibes earlier in the show. You know, you got Minka Fitzpatrick calling out the guys, people saying they think we just walk out on the field and win because we got the, the black and gold. Uh, I don't like what's going on there right now. I really don't. I know the Colts just lost to Cincinnati, but no, they, 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 had, they had chances to, to sneak out of there with the win. So I, I like them coming back home, back in the dome, friendly confines. And I, I just think their offense leaves a, a lot more to be desired than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they'll come up with a couple drives or two at the end to put the game away. So give me the Colts here, minus two and a half. The next game, I'm actually sneakily excited for this one. I think you are too as well. You got the Denver Broncos traveling to Detroit to take on the lions right now. The lions are five point favorites. The over under is at 47 and a half. I'll start off on this one. How can I not go Broncos plus five? I mean, how can I not? And if it, it feels like one of those that you call a rat line, cause they almost seem it is so, a red line. It almost seems too easy. It almost seems too easy. I mean, the Lions have just lost to the freaking Chicago Bears. Almost blew a 21-0 lead to the Saints. I mean, this team is trending downwards while the Broncos stock is going up by the week. And they're feeling they're feeling really good about themselves right now. Sean Payton got them boys playing good ball. Russell Wilson's just managing the game, doing just enough. And they might win this game. And if you're giving me five points, I have to take the Broncos here.
0: I'm taking the Lions. Wow, I'm shocked. Because you keep talking about the almost blew this, uh lead in, in New Orleans. You know what they did? Covered. <laughs> they still covered against the Lions. I mean, against the Saints. Uh, and the Lions, historically, since Justin Fields has been in Chicago, have had a rough time with Justin Fields in general. Like, when and, and you look, kind of look at them, running quarterbacks give them a little bit of trouble. Now, Russ has ran more this season than he has in the last five seasons combined, damn near. I don't know, two or three games ago, he had 11 carries. It was the first time he had done that since 2019. Uh, but this Broncos team, while they're playing good ball, I don't know. They don't have the offensive uh, juice to keep up with the lines if the lines are hitting on all cylinders. And I think that especially with the way that Dan Campbell was in his post-game press conference after the loss, I expect the Lions to come out a little bit higher with more focus and plugged in. I I think the Lions could win this game by 10. Mm, okay. Okay. Real confident in that play. Well, it's just I don't think that Denver has the offense to be able to keep up with the Lions offense. So I, I could I could see a 34-24 score, but I don't see the way the Denver Broncos win by scoring over 30. the Broncos You don't think can't Denver's defense can, can
1: make things difficult and turn golf over a, a time or two?
0: I mean they're good. They've had great turnover luck, I'd say, in the last the last that's kind, their, of, what, that's their, kind you know, of what I'm really banking turnaround. on. I'm,
1: that's what I'm kind of banking on. I'm banking on them at least getting two turnovers in this game.
0: I think golf plays better. Indoors, at okay. home. This is kind of where he eats. Right. You know, if it was in Denver on December, in the middle of December, I'd I'd, I'd be singing a different tune. Okay, which I mean, Bode's not was Bode's pretty terrible for the Lions playoff chances, (laughs) you know, uh, because they'll probably have to go to a Philadelphia or San Francisco if they were to try to advance past the home playoff game. I assume they'll have from winning the NFC North. But that's a few weeks from now.
1: Let's go to a place that isn't very friendly to opposing teams in December. Orchard Park, probably the game of the week.
0: Dallas about another rat line.
1: <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Orchard Park, take on the Buffalo Bills. Right now, the Bills are two and a half point favorites. The over unders at 50 and a half. Where do you lean?
0: I'm taking the Cowboys. Like, okay. Let's say in an alternate universe, Kadarius Toney was on sides. And that, now stick with me here. And Travis Kelsey didn't think it was a free play and threw the ball back to Tony. you know, would have done it regardless. And they scored that touchdown. That would have been yet another late game meltdown from Buffalo who had the ball with two minutes and 26 seconds left. And ran six plays, and Kansas City then had the ball with a minute and 54 seconds left. I couldn't it's, believe it. It was a master class in time mismanagement that was that that is completely wiped away because of the Crybaby Chiefs fans talking about Tony being offsides. Completely wiped away from Patrick Mahomes chasing the ref like he stole his lunch money i think the bills are still in bad shape the cowboys are 500 on the road monsters at home i think they walk into orchard park and win this game you got stefan gilmore playing at the top of his game see you later stefan Diggs. we'll see how that matchup works could have had two brothers in this, uh, Trayvon and Stephon, however. obviously mean, is hurt. But, I mean, Stephon Gilmore is so good that Deron Bland is leading the league in pick sixes. And they keep throwing his way. <laughs> they keep throwing his way because they don't want no business with future Hall of Famer, Stefan Gilmore. Um, then offensively, uh, the Cowboys have much better weapons than Kansas City does at this point in time. Uh, And just and Mike McCarthy is calling a better game, in my opinion, than what Andy Reid has been calling over the last two or three weeks. Um, So I I expect the Cowboys to come in here and win this outright. Yeah, I'm with you on this one.
1: Um, I think a lot of people are falling for the narrative of the Bills are more desperate. They need this game a lot more. They're at home. The Dallas Cowboys. You said what? I said, that's fine. You know, I need a million dollars. That don't mean I'm going to get it. I mean, this line, it started at one and a half or one, and then now it's at two and a half. So a lot of money keeps coming in on Buffalo's side, and I think that's exactly what Vegas wants. I'm just looking at the matchup here. Josh Allen's going to have to play nearly perfect for them to win. to have a chance to win this game. And against that Cowboys defense, playing nearly perfect is almost impossible. They're going to get after him. He's going to make some splash plays, obviously. We know that. But I expect him to throw a pick, throw a a bet down for Josh Allen any any time interception. That's a lock. He's throwing at least one pick in this game. And he may fumble as well. I, I could see Michael Parsons getting after him. And you said Deron Bland. I, I think they're going to have a good game plan on Diggs, and they're going to force Gabe Davis to win on the outside. And I don't think he's capable of doing that consistently. Good luck. <laughs> right, Exactly. Exactly, and they have been running the ball well lately. But I don't think against I don't think they're going to be able to do that as well against Dallas. And I know Dallas is a little deceptible against the run a little bit. They can get a little loose there, but I I think I think they'll be able to bottle them up enough, force Buffalo into obvious passing third down situations, and that's where their pass rush can pin their ears back and eat. So I love the Cowboys in this. I got, I got them winning outright as well. I love it. Next game Sunday night football. The Baltimore Ravens are traveling to Jacksonville to Duval County. Take on the Jags right now. The Ravens are three and a half point favorites on the road. The over-unders at 45, 43, I'm sorry, 43 and a half. I like the Jags, man. I do. I know they lost two in a row. I get all of that. Three and a half, though, for the home team. And the Ravens, while they're the ones in the AFC right now, I get it. I, I do think they are a little deceptible and they're a little leaky. I think, I think that defense kind of shows some flaws. Like I mentioned earlier against the Rams and I, I think Doug Peterson come up, can come up with a game plan to kind of take advantage of that Trevor, uh, Travis Etienne, I think he's a big factor in this game. I think he gets the ball in the backfield, not only as a runner, but in the passing game, make things easier for T law. Cause they do have a really good front in Baltimore. They lead the league in sacks, I believe still, so I think they're going to do a lot of quick game. I think you can get out there that secondary a little bit. I know Kyle Hamilton got hurt a little bit in that game too. His status may be yep. up in there. That that could be a thing. If he's not available or if he's not even 100%. Pretty sure
0: he's expected to play.
1: Okay, okay, but he may not be 100%. I think that's still, still something that's worth monitoring. But I, I like the Jags plus three and a
0: half. Yeah, I'm taking the three and a half as well. Uh, but I think the Ravens still win. I kind of agree with that. But I think we've seen, especially last week, I thought the Ravens would kind of blow the Rams out of the water, just like they have the other NFC teams that came and saw. Not the case. Uh, Jaguars' defense has been very opportunistic in terms of turning the ball over. Uh, But the thing about Lamar Jackson is he is such a – different type. It's like a punt returner who also plays quarterback because he's not just like shifty and fast, but he's like a one cut runner, which is really like, you know, he, he, he reminds me sometimes of a punt returner just with defensive linemen surrounding him as opposed to, you know, the the gunners and, and safeties that are running down on, on special teams. He, he, and he's unique in that way. I don't think there's really any other quarterback that moves in the same way. Kind of maybe Justin Fields you remember last year around this time when people were talking about how Justin feels the best Russian quarterback in football. Yeah. I just, I did just pop back into my head. I thought everybody, Oh, Hey, Lamar Jackson is still you know, just a, a few years removed from unanimous MVP. Yeah, that's true. Right. That is true. I thought that's we could bring that back up, but I'm going to go ahead with the Ravens <laughs> to win, but I think the Jaguars cover and what will be a close game.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Let's go to another primetime game, Monday Night Football. Good primetime games this week. The Philadelphia Eagles, talk about a team losing two in a row, are traveling to Seattle to take on the reeling Seahawks. Right now, the Eagles are four-point favorites at the 12th man. The over-under is 47.5. Where do you go on this one?
0: Well... Is Geno Smith going to get hurt on Friday? And I have to see Drew Locke, who everybody convinced me. I mean, just because he did the little dance on the sideline to Jeezy's put on, yeah, and he was yeah, actually man. good. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I watched too much of this tape to think that Drew Locke is a difference maker. If Geno plays, I'm with the Seahawks. And I'll tell you what. If Geno plays, not only am I with the Seahawks, Seahawks win. Philly goes three in a row. Wow. I do all of that just to agree with you.
1: <laughs> I'm 100% with you, bro. And this is not a typical to me. A team lost two in a row. We know they're a good team. They're going to be super desperate and motivated their third game. They've been pounded. I last think two weeks. this is who the Eagles are. I don't think this is something that is fixable. They've been skating by all year, winning these close games, and we gave them the benefit of the doubt because they did some similar. Bill should have beat them. Year. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. They should already be on three in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we we always say good teams just find a way to win, and that's true. To but there's context that goes around it. A few years ago, when the Pittsburgh Steelers were 11 and 0 with Big Ben, did we do we think they were a real team? No, at least I didn't. I think most people would be the know.
0: Minnesota Vikings of last year.
1: Yeah, like you knew it had an expiration date on it. And that's how I feel about this Eagles team. So I think they're real man. They were not even in the game these last two games. They didn't even belong on the same field these last two games. And yeah, Seattle, they're not one of them. I'll tell you that. They're not one of them. They're not, you know, Dallas or anything like that are the Niners, but in Seattle, very tough place to play. Backs against the wall. And I thought even with Drew Locke, I thought, I thought they fared themselves pretty well for the most part against the Niners. I mean, they didn't just get absolutely shattered in that game. So if you're telling me Gino was back a week off, extra day to prepare because it's a Monday night game. So I think he will be there in a desperate spot, must-win game. And i was look at this as well. I mean, is it really that big of a gap between just from play the last two years, I know Jalen Hurst was in the MVP conversation, but are we really watching these games?
0: The Jaylen, MVP I'm, conversation is broken right now. So
1: Isn't it really that much better than Gino? Is it really? really? So I'm looking at first, the quarterback. Of, first
0: of all, yes, but your point remains <laughs> like, okay.
1: okay, all right, fine. But my, you, you know, you get my gist though, you get my gist. Gino is a very functioning top 12 ish quarterback in the league when he's right. And I'm combining that with the coaching. I have Pete Carroll versus Nick Sirianni. Pete Carroll on a desperate spot at home. I have to go with Seattle here with the points for sure. And I, th- I think they win the game as well.
0: Yeah, I think we're starting to see and we see it all the time and, it's impacting both Super Bowl representatives of the AFC and the NFC of last year. Who your coordinators are really matters. It really does. It is a major impact. And I wasn't even trying to take a shot. It's just honest. Like you could look at the Washington's offense and you tell me that that Kansas City couldn't use a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> like you got Sam Howell looking like a, you know, if you watch the games, you'll see that's not true. But if you look at the stats, you'll be like, wow. That's remarkable, <laughs> you know, like, um, Eric. Beyond me, that is. But I think, especially when you look at the way the Colts have been playing this year with Shane, Shane Steichen at the helm, and not that Jonathan Gannon has been a world beater in Arizona, but they have some wins on teams that you wouldn't expect them to have beaten. Right? Arizona does when Dallas, if, and uh, if Kyler's there all year, they're in that wild card mix right now. They're I in the hot So I think so too. And I think also the the lesson to me is that the class of the NFC over the last few years, even though they haven't necessarily paid it off, has been the 49ers, right? Now You had Tampa pop up with Tom Brady, you had uh, Stafford and the Rams pop up, but really consistently it's been the 49ers. You're going to have to go through San Francisco if you want to go ahead and make it to the championship game. And then Philly obviously knocked Brock Purdy out the game, probably would have had, I want to say a, a completely different outcome, but it wouldn't have been a blowout. Right. So. I think you really have to consider Sean Desai, Brian Johnson and see, are they going to be able to figure this out? Philly's not nearly as efficiently, both offensively and defensively, they have been in years past or last year specifically. They don't get home. They're the worst team sacking the quarterback on third down, which last year they were the best team sacking the quarterback on third down. That right there is a direct result of teams being able to move the ball on you. And if you're telling me that I got uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, 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 D.K. Metcalf, who was going to be motivated after getting punked last game, and then Tyler Lockett against a secondary with Slay and Bradbury, who was, I mean, Bradbury was bad last year. It was another ref throwing a flag in the Super Bowl that allowed the Chiefs to go ahead and solidify that win, right? imagine if they just let them play, then I digress, but you see there, you like it when the refs call foul. (laughs) Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Understood. But I do see, I see, uh, I said uh, against Buffalo they were dancing through the raindrops and trying not to get wet. Well, you see that umbrella is getting smaller and smaller and smaller (laughs) And I see – I think the Eagles are a wild-card team, man. I see Seattle winning this game, Dallas winning out, and that's how this thing plays out.
1: And I know you didn't do it on purpose, but it's just funny because they're going to Seattle where it's probably going to be raining.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, they can't run the ball the same way they used to. Jalen Hurts' knee is a little messed up. Like, yeah, man, It's it seems to – it's the Eagles – I am not. I, I don't believe in what I've seen, especially post-Thanksgiving, which is, you know, really when you're supposed to be playing your best ball. Yeah, for sure.
1: You ready to get into our limit, Pepper Parlay?
0: Let's do it. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. All right, Mark, what's your lemon pepper parlay? All right, so these are two games that we touched on in our preview.
1: I just love these plays. Starting off with the under in the Steelers Colts game 42? Really? These two offenses, especially Pittsburgh, I don't see it getting there, man. I love the under there. And then the Cowboys in the money line. Forget the spread. They're winning straight up. I can get both these plays at a good plus 310.
0: Okay. I uh doing a hometown fade here. First, I'm taking Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots plus nine and a half. Back in the they, Patriots is nasty. It's so gross. It's so <laughs> gross. But I just can't support what I've seen out of Kansas City this week. It's, I just can't. I can't. It's been disgusting. And I honestly secretly kind of hoping that they lose just to see how far the meltdown can go. <laughs> kind of secretly, kind of just rooting for Kansas City to fail at this point. Not necessarily in the grand scheme of things, but definitely next week because that was ridiculous. I can't get over it. The way that they acted after that loss, I just want to see him, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, eating their Urban Meyer under Lucas Oil Stadium, sad piece of pizza because they know that this thing is not what it's supposed to be. Taking the Patriots plus nine and a half. The Chiefs probably went by a touchdown. And I'm taking Tommy DeVito, the passing paisan, the New York Giants against the New Orleans Saints. Who are the Saints to be laying six to anybody? To anybody in the NFL. <laughs> All right? They didn't even lay six last week to the Panthers, who are the worst team by far in the league. Now give me Tommy DeVito and the Giants and uh, to cover the six. So six for the Giants, nine and a half for the Patriots, that's minus 110 on both of those odds, plus 264 when you combine them bad boys.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Fading my team and then
0: fading your own team. What a week. What a week. Hey, I'll tell you, we saw New England's offense be stuck in the mud for the last for, for 12 weeks straight. They put in Bailey Zappy, and that arm strength is minuscule. That ball takes forever to get to the receivers. But it seems to get to the receivers way better against Pittsburgh's defense than any other time in, in, uh, in the uh, Patriots season so far this year. And you know Steve, you know Steve, he's going to lead them boys on an island. He's going to leave them out there. Do you see Chris Jones losing his mind? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I saw that. I just see that. Like, Stop blitzing so much. I'm the best defensive tackle in a game. I demand a triple team. Play some coverage back there.
1: I just want to leave you guys with this. Martin last week went four nine and one. I did. The, and the Patriots are three and ten against the spread this year. Good luck. But you know what good they luck. did
0: yesterday? You know what they did last week? Covered, and won okay. outright.
1: And just like you had a good week last week too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope the Chiefs have a better week because I don't know if the internet will be able to take it. No, you don't. You just you just admit it. You're rooting on our down. Patrick Mahomes was worried about his his how he was you know role model for the kids. I heard him on the radio talk about it's not the that's not the that's not the energy we want to put out for yeah, the kids. He, he apologized. He apologized. I just really want to apologize to Josh. Meanwhile, you've been stomping Josh Allen in the head, head to head for the last four years, and all he does is give you a pat on the butt and runs to the locker room. I've never felt more galvanized for Josh Allen than I did in that moment.
1: Come like on this week. I genuinely want that for you. You had a rough one.
0: Oh, your time is coming, pal. It's coming.
1: Just saying it for 10 weeks. See you next week.